Crusaders and welcome to another edition of Batman the Animated Series Podcast. I'm your host Alex Robson and with me as always is my co-host, my brother, comic book artist and writer and the guy who's melting like Clayface in front of me because it's so goddamn hot. It's Mr. Will Robson. Oh Say hello, Will. God. I wish I was Mr. Freeze so I wouldn't have to put up with this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We just reviewed Heart of Ice and now it's the baking June weather. It's hot. Oh, yeah, the heat wave is coming, bud. Well... Got a swimming pool, like you know, got the tub ready to soak in the yeah, tub. Yeah, when you, you say swimming well. pool, you've just got a, a like a yes, a, a twenty-two pound. Yeah, I I tactically uh, in what was it like February where I let you know, like just let you know, bud. Yeah, there's a eight foot swimming pool for sale for twenty pounds in the shops. It only goes up to your knees, but you could lie in it and soak like in the summer. And you were like, "I'm sold. I'm buying it." Yeah, and you bought it immediately. Well, I set mine up yesterday, and it was fantastic i floated around on a donut which i told you about and then you cracked up when i sent you a picture you're like oh it's an actual donut like <laughs> it's like a donut Simpsons ring. donut yes it's a pink donut ring and it even has like a little bite mark out of it as well oh i didn't see that that's jokes yeah so just know that when we're recording right now both of our shirts are off because it's so hot in our house oh yeah because we can't turn on a fan it's and noise. we at the podcast recommend you take your shirt off as well <laughs> wherever you are yeah right now yeah especially gender because... not specified just remove it and let it drip like you can't have a window open because then there's noise outside fan on like we do a lot know, of this podcast yeah. we sweat yeah, for this I'm... podcast I am currently like feel like I'm in a, a sauna because I have the window shut, no fan in my office on a suede office chair, which is the worst fucking dis- crushed velvet actually is what it is. Crushed velvet <laughs> office chair, which I was like, oh, that looks really cool. Well, it doesn't fucking look cool. It doesn't feel cool. It's got cool a permanent either. shape of my ass on it. <laughs> this feels like the hottest thing you can sit on ever. Oh, uh, my God. Yep. So uh, let's get this show on the road. How's the art yeah. life going? Um, busy drawing my book outbreaks. Um, I'm still on uh, target to get it finished uh, because we were successfully funded on Kickstarter uh, back in March, and uh, I have a window, I believe, of the due date of August, and I'm on track to hitting that. So I just showed you off pod. Some of the merch has arrived, like the stickers and things like that. So cool. We're putting all the packaging together, and either this week or next week, I should finish all art in it and I'm, and also you're writing a little thing in the back of the book as well so that's going to be fun yeah it's going to be a lot of fun i can't wait to do that go check that out if you haven't seen that already lots of cool stuff to be had coming september the issue two will be available on kickstarter and it won't just be issue two it'll be issues one through two so if you haven't hopped on yet this is your chance to hop in and enjoy the fun because it's really great making my own comic and i love it Awesome. So we got a great episode for you guys today. We've got writer Marty Eisenberg on the show, who's the co-writer of episodes His Silicon Soul, What is Reality? And Lock Up, we had his co-writer Robert N. Skier on a few months ago. So it's been great to have Marty on. We got a great interview. He really delves into the Riddler, which is one of his favorite characters to write for. So we'll get to that momentarily. But first, a few things, bud. First of all, we had Jeremy Strong and Adam Driver go head-to-head as the choice of our Mr. Freeze on our live-action Batman the Animated Series universe, and it was such a close vote. People, I've never seen so many people vote. Thank you all to you guys for voting on Spotify, on Twitter, on Instagram. There was loads of votes that came in. There was about 450 votes for this, which was the most I've ever seen, and Jeremy Strong won by four percent it was 52 percent to 48 percent that was very close 
a wise choice, everybody. Good job. I think it's because the succession finale happened during this vote. So like Jeremy Strong was really in the front of people's minds as well. And it's a great choice. I think he would be a great freeze. I, I was very happy with that. Like Adam Driver would have been great or Jeremy Strong, either one. So I think that's a that's a solid Mr. Freeze we got there. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's do a Cape Capers, shall we? Yep. Showtime. The Joker's escape from Arkham Asylum, Robin. All work and no play, you know? It's going to be one of those nights. I don't have time for jokes. Hey, no problemo, Batman. Quiet. Come on, let's do a pizza run. You don't touch anything, say anything, or do anything unless I tell you. Got it? Relax. You've had a busy day. All right. This week's Cape Capers has been written in by listener Robert C. Christ. Robert has said, Mr. Freeze is a panel judge in an ice skating competition that Batman and Robin enter. That's all we got. It's as simple as that. Lots to work with there. So, first of all, it, thinking about an ice skating competition in this heat right now sounds really cool and like really oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, I've got a fun thing here. Tell me what you think about this. If you don't like this idea, then we'll cut this all out and we'll do it normally. But okay. you know how we always do our cape capers? We go into a scenario where we have a new character and we're like, who can we do an impression of? And then we just kind of go into it and stuff. But we have so many characters that like we've only seen once, maybe twice, that are just fun impressions that we never get to do more than that. Like, I like Commissioner Walken. I think he's great. I'd love to see more of him. Uh-huh. So I thought improv is all about improvisation, obviously. And what better to do than I've got a list of so many impressions that we've done or ones we haven't done yet. And I thought, why not just spin the wheel and select <laughs> an impression for whoever? So sometimes we could have the Joker be, because I like oh, Tim Curry, you know, Pennywise. But I would love to see the Joker one day just, like, randomly pick, and it's like, I don't know, Hagrid. You know what I mean? Like, it could be really fun. Yeah, no, I think that's a really fun idea, and I think that keeps it fresh. Yeah, so we'll keep our Batman and Robin, because those are solid. Yeah. And our Alfred, obviously, because he's just a random British guy. But I like all the other characters just randomly being picked. And I think that makes it You can even make it like, oh, hey, Robin, remember... A few episodes ago when we built that machine that changed everyone's voice. Ah, I got into the Gotham water supply. Uh, don't worry, you and I already had the antidote, so we're fine. But it seems like everyone's voice is going to continuously change from there on out. There's no cure, so we're just going to have to live with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, good, <laughs> Love you. Hey, you. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Mr. Freeze, yeah? I'm going to spin the wheel in front of you. I've got a wheel on my phone. Spin that wheel, you cock. Here we go. Spinning, 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 spinning. We've got option number five. Option number five is Al Pacino. (laughs) Oh, I'm in the news recently because I've been getting ladies pregnant when I should not be doing that. (laughs) It's a bit fuck on, Lake on, but yeah, I'll go with it. That's a little bit, but it's fine. It works. (laughs) That's our Mr. Freeze, Foghorn Pacino. Oh, I love competitions, especially on ice. (laughs) (laughs) I knocked up Nora while she was still frozen. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Is that bad? You're going to have to freeze my sperm because they ain't swimming swimming no more. All right, here we go. Okay. I thought thought my little troopers were on ice. I was wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, I'm here to judge a competition. Oh god. But you, can you do it like Pacino in the the glass for Oh, it's nice and cool in here. <laughs> it's a bit water boy in there. <laughs> I'm beating the heat. <laughs> I was in that movie. <laughs> hey, you ever see heat? <laughs> <laughs> it does not hold up well. <laughs> okay. Batman, we're gonna, we, I fancied us. You know how you used to be an acrobat, Batman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sound a little more enthused, Batman. Okay, so you know. You oh, know. sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay, Batman, so I used to be an acrobat, and I thought... I kind of miss doing all of the jumping and the, the twisting and the fun stuff and in a little unitard, you know. I don't get to do that very often, Batman. I'm sorry, but I just have to remind everyone that my brother is currently shirtless doing this impersonation, <laughs> which is just very funny. So, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> when you put your shoulders up to your ears, it's just like your dad's going. <laughs> <laughs> Batman, uh, it's a good thing this isn't a video podcast, Batman. So, Batman, I was thinking I needed, I needed a partner to be able to throw me in the air and twist me around and make me feel like a bird again, light as a feather. I'll do it, sir. I'd love to do it. No, no, Alfred. <laughs> no, I got this one. The boy wants me. The boy wants me, Alfred. <laughs> you know what? I kind of really love this idea. I'm not going to lie. This sounds right up my street. I mean, look at, look at your physique, Batman. You've got the total skating physique. Is that why you chose that outfit, Robin? Because that's quite a, it's quite a skater's outfit you got on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I like to, I like it tight and riding up in the crevices. Like it tight, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I like it tight. <laughs> oh, whoa! <laughs> oh dear, sir. Shirt this, Batman. <laughs> so I ventured us into. Oh, the- Alfred! He made eye contact with me when he said that. <laughs> So I ventured us into a competition, and I thought that you could be my dance partner, and we could go and win a gold medal on the ice. Sure. <laughs> Anything for you, little buddy. I've changed my way with you recently. You're so nice, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll give you. Every dog has his day. Every robin has his. This is very. This is gaslighting behavior, Batman. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I'm totally not going to turn my back on you at some point or anything. I'm not setting you up for failure. If you want to do this and you want to prove to the world that you're an amazing ice skater, I'll be there holding your waist and spinning you in the sky. Okay, okay, okay. So here we are, Batman, at the arena. Are you ready? Are you stretched out? You ready to go with your skates on? I'm ready. Okay. Skates activate. Oh, yeah, just like in, what, Batman and Robin, where they click their heels? and We don't talk about that one, Robin. (laughs) Yeah, we never talk about that one. Okay, so uh, I have a confession, Batman. Um, There's a special guest judge at this ice skating competition. Um, We know him. He goes by the name of... Why do you think I agreed to do this, Robin? Of course I know that Mr. Freeze is here. Our real goal is to stop him. Well, Victor Pacino is his real name, but yes. That's the way I like to be referred to. <laughs> hey, hey, dynamic duo. Oh, God. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little warm in this suit today. I'm sorry, I'm getting over a cold, and that's not a pun. I really got something. <laughs> okay, Batman, is you ready? Here we go. What song do you want to skate to, Batman? Um, 
We probably should have practiced this. (laughs) Kiss from a rose. I love it. That's right. Okay, and then they go. My power, my pleasure, my pain, pain. Robin! (laughs) And then Batman turns. As he's holding Robin up in the air, Robin's having the time of his life. He turns towards Mr. Freeze and he throws him like a lawn dart at him. He says, Robin, kill him! (laughs) And I just. Oh my god! This is an interactive skate, I see. Crowd participation. That is Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. Do declare. Please, I'm about to be a new father. Again. In my 80s. He wasn't even judging. He wasn't even judging the competition. He was impregnating another woman. Oh, no. Uh, Looks like my frozen yogurt still got a little bit of kick to it, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and he ain't shooting Robert to zero down there, if you know what I'm talking about. Ah. <laughs> it's just full on oh. fuck on leg on. I gotta get back to Pacino. Oh. <laughs> I gotta tell you. <laughs> Nora had a great ass. <laughs> oh, God. It's highly inappropriate what I do in my personal life. <laughs> I'm just Robin at this point is just like accepting just medals. The, yeah, we want Batman. <laughs> yeah, Batman. That's and... not what we were here to do. <laughs> That's what I was here to do. First place. Okay, thank you very much. That's it. They go home. <laughs> okay. Pacino goes. Victor Pacino goes back to his fifty children. <laughs> I'm starting a commune. <laughs> one of them's 60 and the other one's like two. There's like so yeah, many the, ages. Yeah, this guy's uh, oldest brother, Pacino's new kid, is going to be like a 65-year-old man. That's so gross. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> also, have you heard about this lady that like got impregnated by either him or um, De Niro? She's like... She must have an old person fetish. Oh, yeah, it is Pacino. Yeah, I've seen it because all Pacino, of people... Pacino, De Niro, Clint Eastwood. Mick like, Jagger. Mick Jagger. Yeah, she's like slept with them all. And I'm yeah. like, what, are you Are you like gold digging? Or is this your kink? Or is it <laughs> a bit of both, baby? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those wrinkles deliver some, some jangle, if you know what I'm saying. Now you're going to have one of their children. It's going to come out as an opportunity like, hello, world! Just Benjamin Button. <laughs> but just old forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you for writing in that scenario, Robert. We much appreciate it. And if you guys enjoy this podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever you're listening to us on right now as it helps us back grapple up the charts and attract both new listeners and guests. And if you leave a review, we might read it out on the pod at the end of each episode. And please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform of choice if you haven't yet already. Also, you can follow us on social media at Batman TAS Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere but Twitter, which is at Batman TAS Pod 1. And that's because why? Because we are the number one Batman the Animated Series podcast by a country mile. Goddamn right. Never been proven, but that's what we say because we believe it. And in the description... I do do the same with my book. I'm like, I'm the only ongoing zombie anthology comic, right? (laughs) Done no research. (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth if I say it. And in the description of each episode, you'll find a tip jar where you can gift us any amount of money you can afford to give if you so wish. As we aren't billionaire playboy philanthropists, any amount you can afford to give us is not necessary, but always greatly appreciated. And shout out to the listeners, Scotty Holly and Harry Bulldog, 
for both leaving us some cash in the tip jar recently. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you super, so freaking much. Super generous. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. That helps us keep the lights on here in the back. Oh, we, oh, I look just like Scotty Harley. And then Harry Bulldog. A backer of my Kickstarter as well, so thank you, Scotty. Yeah, and Harry Bulldog, you did the Bulldog from another, uh, and I'm Lord pretty of the sure Rings. Another, yeah, and I'm pretty sure another backer of my Kickstarter, so thank you, Harry the Bulldog. <laughs> Or you can use this one. Harry, the big cock isn't here right now, but you can leave your message. <laughs> and finally, you can follow me everywhere at Chef Alex Robson, and you can follow Will on his socials. Stay up to date what he's working on now and get a glimpse into the workday of a comic book artist and writer. Will, where can our listeners find you? Anywhere at Robson Inc. And that's Robson I-N-K. Speaking of comic book artist and writer, did you talk about IDW and the book? No. <laughs> you should probably do that. Um, well, yeah, I can't say much about it, but uh, I'm starting my next comic book project. Starting, I'm writing it right now, um, and I'm starting to draw it next month. And it's for IDW. It's a creator-owned book, and that's all I can say. Awesome, yeah, super excited for more info on that to come. Yep. But yeah, awesome that you got that. That's really cool. All right, but without further delay, let's get into our interview with Marty Eisenberg. Let's do it. <laughs> Cape Crusaders, please join me in welcoming a very special guest to our show. He's the writer of three episodes of Batman the Animated Series, as well as a writer for shows such as Beetlejuice, X-Men the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Spider-Man the Animated Series, Gargoyles, The Mask, Extreme Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and many more. Please welcome Marty Eisenberg to the show. Marty, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, so for our listeners, you wrote three episodes of Batman, which were his co-wrote, yes, co-wrote. Sorry, yes, of course, um, which were his Silicon Soul, What Is Reality, and Lock Up. So as I told you before, we had uh, Robert and Skier, your writing partner on the show, not too long ago, uh, and he credited you with coming up with most of the story and the dialogue for his Silicon Soul and what is reality. So we had a really good chat about lockup and we had good chats about his Silicon Soul and what is reality. But there was a lot of that was Marty's idea. That was Marty. That was Marty. So I'd love to chat with more with you about those as well today. But first, how did you get the job writing for Batman the Animated Series? Um, nepotism mostly. No, I, uh, <laughs> I add slightly. I, I was um, I was working for the Fox Kids Network, which was the the American broadcaster of the show, and uh, that's that's how uh, Bob and I got to write on Beetlejuice. Is we we had the inside track. So there was uh, luckily there was a director of programming there, a guy named by the name of Sidney Iwater, who was the exec on Batman and had been previously the exec on Beetlejuice. Um, and he was a guy who liked to nurture and torture writers. Um, so I was just working as a, uh, as a receptionist answering phones, and he found out that I was interested in writing. So he said, hey, you should come and uh, you know, write for, for our shows. We're, we're always looking for good writers. Most writers who write for animation are terrible, so you have uh, a good chance of getting on the show. <laughs> Introduced us to the story, uh, one of the story editors on Beetlejuice. And uh, we were told, well, we could probably give you an episode. 
And uh, we did the first episode, and they liked it so much, we ended up doing six more. So that was that was the beginning of our uh, our animation career. And then um, as we were writing Beetlejuice, we found out, or I found out, that um, that was part of an overall deal with Warner Brothers and and Fox Kids, and that the next series, the next new series they were going to be doing was Batman. And um, I saw what is now the the legendary test animation. It, it, it later became the the main title or version of the main title, but yeah. there was there was an original test animation that that they did, and you know it came into Fox, and we saw it. We were all blown away by it. So that I, must have I, been a really cool sizzle reel for you all to see. Oh, it was it was so exciting. It's like oh my god, you know. So the first you know the first. Uh, instinct is got to find a way to get on this show got to find a way to write for it um so i managed to dub a copy on the sly of the uh of the test footage and i handed it off to bob and just said to him you don't know what this is you don't know where it came from you have never seen it that's all i can tell you um and he looked at it you know it it, it, popped it in the vcr and I later got a call. It was probably at the office, and he and he called me and he said, "I don't know what I just saw. I've never seen it. I don't know where it came from, but we must find a way to write for this show." <laughs> so uh, we immediately started coming up with premises and uh, you know story ideas and, and submitting them without really getting much of a response. Any memories on what those early ideas were? Well, there was a there was an early version of of what is reality that was. I mean, uh, Bob in particular was was very much into science fiction and and you know, kind of what at the time was the the latest in technology. Uh, and I have no idea what virtual reality was, um, and so but we pitched we pitched an idea, a very very bare bones idea of virtual reality, um, and we I think we pitched another Riddler story. I I, I thought the reading the series bible i thought that the riddler was an interesting character and I felt like well there's a niche that we could find our way into yeah that, so was, that riddler, riddler we've never seen before until this show right like it was always the zany frank gorshin or yeah the, it was the, the the frank gorshin yeah um yeah i mean riddler and i learned this later from marty pasco was riddler really wasn't much of a character in the uh in the comics at all until the the 60s series kind of revived it. Uh, but even then, they didn't really know what to do with him beyond that sort of yeah, silly. Yeah, he was more of a Joker than a, a Riddler. But now in, yeah. this, in this series, he was finally like this, you know, very intelligent, suave, sophisticated, evil genius, which I love so much. Yeah, yeah. And and we actually, uh, we had a take on him that um, they didn't use, but I I thought it would be really interesting if he was like a teenager. Like if he was a young, arrogant punk who right, just okay. thought he was smarter than Batman and kind of came up with this, you know, this whole backstory of him where he was this, you know, this super genius kid who was just totally exploited by, right. you know, uh, by you a know, father or a stepfather. And, yeah, uh, anyway, they never used it, but I, I just thought that was... That was an interesting, you know, David Wise came up with the, the revenge, you know, the business deal, uh, you know, he was, he was cheated on business deal. And that was that was his motivation was revenge. But I, 
I always thought arrogance was would be a much more interesting thing to play. The Riddler in the most recent, the Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, was a young teenage, like evil genius punk type guy who was almost yeah. like the Zodiac. Never, I never saw it, so I no, but tell you. I'm sure, yeah. And to be honest, everybody's got their own opinions, and I don't think it was that great. But the point is, is that that idea, that core of that idea, eventually got yeah. used. So yeah, that's cool. I like that. So yeah, so we, you know, as I say, we pitched to the original team of uh writer uh story editors which was the the sean derrick laren bright um and just didn't get much of a response um and sydney said just just wait we're we're gonna get somebody in there that that i know that that will give you a fair shake and that's when marty pasco came uh so he said just send send it to marty pasco he knows me he trusts my judgment um, you know, he'll read it. He'll he'll at least give you a fair shake on it. And Marty responded not to the stories so much, but uh, in the premises, we used some sample riddles, just kind of as plot points. And he said he liked our approach to the riddles, um, which nobody seemed to really have a, a, a take on. So that that's why the the Riddler stories kept you know getting kicked down the the road. Um, number one, which I, I found out subsequently, is Bruce Tim really never cared for the character. Interesting. Um, okay. So he never he never really wanted to do Riddler stories to begin with. Yeah, because he's not in the uh, show much. He's only in like three or four episodes in total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just he didn't he didn't respond to it. Um, but I think there was there was something about the virtual reality idea that at least Marty responded to, um, and I think Bruce saw that there was visual possibilities there. So that's. That's what they said. Let's do a version of the virtual reality story, um, but let's you know let's really use those um, you know those kinds of riddles that you uh, gave the premises. So that, that that was how we got got aboard. Cool. Well, speaking of riddles, uh, when I had Bob on, uh, he said you were the riddle guy. He said that that was all. You know, like you you at least were the one that was more interested in creating these riddles for Batman to solve. Um, and I coincidentally happen to have the three riddles from What is Reality in front of me, and <laughs> was wondering if maybe you would be able to remember the answers to some of these and see. Uh, well, well, I cheated. I just watched it before. Uh, Did you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I appreciate you doing the homework. All right. Well, here we go. Anyway, Marty, where does a five hundred pound gorilla sleep? Anywhere he wants. That's right. What's worse than a millipede with flat feet? Uh, giraffe with a sore neck. Yeah, and finally, how do you fit five elephants into a compact car? Um, well, my answer was two in the front seat, three in the back, which is how I learned it. But I think Marty Pasco edited it to two in the front, two in the back, one in the trunk. So yeah, which that I love that because obviously elephants and trunk goes really well together. Yes, because oh. clearly they could fit in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there was only two, then that would have been fine. Three right. pushing it. Right. Yeah, uh, and then also, um, I got real Batman '66 vibes in a good way when uh, he's trying to solve the riddle with "if you add it all up, it'll make sense." And then he went from right. pop, you know, penny, copper, police. Yeah, it was that was sort of a hybrid. Was it um, okay? Yeah, I mean the first the first ones were there basically for for everyone to say, "Oh, we're we're doing the Frank Orshin kind of riddles," and and then you know that was the you know the, the switch is it's not about the answers it's about the questions yes 
I like that a lot. Yeah, that's a really cool twist, actually, that um, I've not really noticed until you just mentioned it now. It is more about the, the questions and the answers. That's cool. But um, yeah, and then adding them all up and Alfred Punning saying it all makes sense when you add it up. It's very good. Uh, I do like that. I, I like it. Yeah, I think that, that one was sort of inspired by, um, you know, the way the way British crossword clues go. Where it's, <laughs> you know, there's a there's a pun. There's a, you know, yeah. there's, well, us British people you know, love a, a little pun, bit of an man. anagram. So I think that's um, Spy Magazine um, used to have their their version of the British crossword that was called the un-British crossword. So I think that was some of the inspiration oh, cool. for that particular riddle. I like that a lot. So do you have any uh, particular favorite contributions to Batman out of the ones you wrote? Like, um, obviously, you've already talked about what is reality, but maybe there's other things in that episode that we haven't gotten to yet. But yeah, as a whole, well, what, I, what I really liked um, about what is reality it was was the visual was that really particularly the third act where, where they're in the virtual reality scenario and it gets very surreal. And I'm, you know, making visual references to things like Magritte and uh, Yellow Submarine and, uh, you know, and any number of things. Just sort of going stream of consciousness in, in terms of where, you know, where it goes from one, uh, you know, one scenario to the next. So I thought that was and that was something that you could only do in that episode, in that scenario. Otherwise, you're, you're dealing with a, you know, a largely realistic character in a in a largely realistic setting and you can use animation to make it you know more spectacular but it's you still had to more or less uh respect the laws of physics you know or at least cartoonish physics but um in that one scenario you could really use the medium in in a way that um you couldn't use it other other than you know if it's a dream or hallucination Right. Um, so I always like that that we were able to do that, um, and um, Silicon Soul. I, I feel like we uh, we tried at least to get some real emotional depth. To I think it you succeeded, really, man. I love and, that, and, and really just answer the question. You know, ultimately at its core, you know, who and what is Batman? Um, so uh, yeah, I feel I feel like we got there. Um, on some level and the, the the ending we always refer to you know is as very operatic right the ending was changed because it was changed from a statement into a question where instead of saying um he had a yeah. soul he had yeah a soul. that was that was michael reeves edit and i think that was a really smart edit agreed uh, yeah um so i uh uh yeah i like that and uh um that was an example of of um you know michael was impressed by what we had done on what is reality. So when he got a slot, he said, Oh, let's, let's get those guys on. I think largely at Marty's behest. So, so uh, with, with the Silicon soul process of when they approached you, did they approach you and say, Hey, we want to do a sequel to the hard episodes, you know, the computer. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. It was interesting how that, how that episode came about um, because, and I remember this because one of the things I was able to do, I was still working at, at Fox while we were writing in Batman. So I could see, you know, every premise, every outline, every draft of every script, and then also the storyboards. And when the storyboards came in for Heart of Steel, there was this thing that wasn't in the script. I mean, one of my jobs um, for Sydney was to 
read the storyboards and anything that was changed from the script to just you know flag it so he would know you know to focus on that because he was largely a a script guy as opposed to a uh, a visual and art guy kevin altieri the director added this lengthy sequence of batman versus the batman robot right um in the script it was just it was sort of a dun, dun, dun moment of there's a batman robot and you know if, if this doesn't get shot down then it, it, it's really going to escalate uh, but Kevin, who who was you know very much a, uh, a strong and opinionated guy and still is, that you can't just introduce a Batman robot and not have him fight it. So he <laughs> he you know he boarded out this very elaborate fight between Batman and Batman robot, and of course there just wasn't time for it. Yeah. So it it all had to get cut, um, much to uh, everyone's disappointment. Uh, so when we were brought into the meeting with Michael Reeves um, and and Alan Burnett, um, we were told, yeah, this this was the background, which I was familiar with. So we want to bring him back. We want to bring the Batman robot back so we can do a whole episode around that and get that fight that Kevin did. Yeah. Um, so I think Michael had the he had the he had the opening scene. You know, this is he pitched out to us the opening scene, which we loved. Right. Um, and he said, where do we go from there? And so we, we batted a few ideas uh, around. And, and I think we more or less came up with the, the framework of the story, if not all the details. And then Bob and I talked it through. And then I think at that point, um, we were writing both Batman and, and X-Men. Talk about an embarrassment of riches. Um, and Bob was a huge, huge X-Men fan. So he was like, I'll take X-Men. You can take Batman. Right. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I ended up doing most of the, uh, at least the, the I would do the first draft on everything and then and then Bob would edit. And then similarly, Bob would do all the first draft on the X-Men stuff and then I would edit. Um, but okay. yeah, I pretty much took over that episode um, in terms of, structuring it out and um you know and, and scripting it so yeah most of that um was me it's a great episode man like it's one of my personal favorites because as you said it, it gets into the core of what it means to be batman and it's it's pretty graphic in a way that you know really left an impression so i'm your i was your core audience yeah i was like eight when this show came out even younger, I think, a little younger when it first started. But I was the one that was obviously it was being made for. And I remember this episode, seeing this for the first time, when two scenes, when Batman, Robot Batman, stumbles into Wayne Manor and Alfred finds him and he's like, what's happened to me? And I remember like all of his, his like, you know, robot right, guts just, sparking. Yeah. And, and I remember being like, holy shit this is like you know it's just immediately got my attention and quite scary and then it's also when he removes his like i guess you called it like a rubber face or whatever it is right right, right. Face. and there's this like really graphic noise that goes along this like wet kind of sloshy yeah noise. yeah the sound, the sound design <laughs> really went overboard on that yeah but it it left such an impression it might have scared me but what I loved and what I always remembered is the ending where even Robot Batman, when he thinks he's taken a life, 
he just can't handle it. And it's like, that's, you know, the one thing that makes him Batman and obviously, and kind of connects him to his humanity. And he just shuts down. He basically short circuits and destroys the computer and such. And it's always, it's such a great episode. And to do that in 22 minutes, like my hat's off to you, because that's <laughs> it's a really cool episode. I love it a lot. Well, it's it's also beautifully directed. I, I, I still have a copy of the, the storyboard for, for that and for... Um, for what is reality, and they—they are both storyboards are just works of art. But um, uh, I think because it's—it's uh, it's not as obviously a, a visual animatable ideas beyond the the, the sci-fi of it all. Um, just to, the the shot composition and, and the, the way it's directed is is really beautiful. Um, I think was that. Boyd or was that Dick Sebast? I can't remember who directed that. Oh, I think it was Dick who was on his Silicon Soul. Let me just check really quick. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to credit yeah, uh, where credit is due. And the other thing is it was animated by uh, overseas by TMS. So the animation is really fluid and, and, and nice. And Yes, because um, there was uh, ACOM who was the usual. Right, a ACOM I think did Silicon, um, did uh, What is Reality. And they did, yeah. They didn't, they didn't mess it up. <laughs> Just, you know, I can say that, but if if tms had animated it it, it would be uh it would be gorgeous Look, i think i think what is reality is acom's best episode that they did for the show as far as the the animation yeah it, it didn't have quite as much of the stiffness as, as a lot of the acom episodes did yeah uh, um, by the way so yeah. it's, it's boyd kirkland who did his silicon it was boyd it yeah. was boyd um yeah the other thing i i remember is we we saw the rough cut um, cause there's, uh, there's the opening scene has rain, right? It's a thunderstorm. Yeah. And it's it the, was a very, sucks. very poorly. It was very, very poorly animated rain. And we're like, Oh no, no, no. We want two face part two rain. <laughs> and apparently so did Warner brothers because by the time the final cut came in, it was, it was two face part two rain. Yeah. That, that's so, a, that's uh, a great way to we put were it. Very happy to see. I love how you guys were referencing other episodes as far as like, that's what we want. We want Two-Face Rain. I think that's great. Well, again, when you're, when you're seeing every single process of every single episode, uh, uh, you, you just, you know what, you know, what can be done and what can't be done. So, yeah, uh, of course, that, you know, just something that simple. And, uh, you know, we were, we were grateful that everybody felt the same way because it, it totally made the difference I, I somewhere i may still have the the uh, video of the of the rough cut and it did the ring were terrible oh, i'd love to see that uh when we had bob on uh last time he uh, didn't know and i don't know if you know but um robot batman is not only a toy because they've redone all of the animated series figures they re did not yeah, so you, they're really detailed. They're amazing figures. Um, I have to get my hands on one. Yeah, so the only the only Batman toy I own is, of course, the Riddler. Oh, okay, great. Um, well, they yeah they re-released all of them. They look fantastic. They're larger than the originals that were sold when I was a kid. And oh, that's nice. they have a ton of accessories like your robot Batman has like switchable heads, like the half face or like the full robot head and like all the little like things like his wires are sticking out of his guts and, and all of that. Oh, that's that's so cool. And you then also, uh, crack that one down. yeah, you're also a Funko Pop as well. Robot Batman is a Funko Pop, which is obviously yeah. huge collectible. So I'll show you the Funko Pop first. Uh, there's two versions. There's half and half. Funko. Oh, that's fun. 
And then the other version is full face removed. Huh. Up. And does it, does okay, it says Batman the Animated Series. Does it spe- specify the episode title or, or just, just Robot Batman? It just says Batman Robot Final Figure, yeah. But the... No. Um, but there's your figure fully realized. Oh wow! Oh yeah! No, that's that's straight out of the episode. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So you got the. That is really out. cool. I, I think I may have to get my hands on one of those. Yeah, but you know what, man? Some of them are are quite rare. I'm not sure if that is. It might be quite rare actually. But um, yeah, they've made a huge resurgence the toys from this show, and again, it's just because all of the kids have grown up. And now they're sharing it with their kids, and it just continues yeah. to become popular. And I, I seem to recall there were some toys for the show, but there weren't a lot. Oh, I had them all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was very fortunate. And yeah, my brother and I, we had, there was quite a lot. Um, there wasn't, you know, figures like Robot Batman, obviously. They would just make the main villains like the Riddler, which yeah. you said you have. Yeah, but there were a ton of different types of Batman and loads of Bat vehicles and. Right. Well, that's that's what it all, always boiled down to is is all they would do is make different versions of Batman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and yeah. sometimes they wanted to, you know, have it in an episode so it makes sense. Like uh, I forget what episode. I think it was Joker's Wild, where Batman has a glider, and they're like, Batman needs a glider. And I, I, right. I I've heard this story, and they're like, why? And it's like, well, because we want to have we want to sell a toy. So we sell a toy, uh, of course. Yeah. And they didn't yeah, do that, that was, a lot. That was an even bigger challenge when it was Superman the animated series. Yeah, so your Toy Man episode is another one that I adore. Um because he's just so menacing. You guys, both you and Bob, really knew how to like leave a lasting impression of someone that can just give you the chills when you watch it. And I think he's incredible because he's so He's looks so innocent, but like a creepy dummy, obviously. And there's no expression on right. his face except yeah, the, the, the the visual. I think was Paul Dini's idea, right? Um, okay, because uh, he wanted to get away from that, you know, kind of that weird guy with the bowler hat and the you know the strange gray hair. But yeah, I, I remember taking uh, taking the meeting with Paul and and Alan and and discussing that and just you know trying to make this this creepy childlike figure um that was more than a little inspired by michael jackson oh interesting okay i didn't know that right the creepy bit (laughs) yeah the the creepy i'm doing this for the children oh yeah and he did have that sort of like docile voice that michael jackson had right where it was just yeah yeah it was bud Bud court right yes yes yeah yeah amazing performance as well yeah i love that episode and um i obviously as i said i grew up watching batman and spider-man but um superman was one that i watched but i was never a big superman guy it was always batman for me if i had to choose but in my later years over the last couple years i've gone back and that superman the animated series is fucking awesome it's so damn good it's yeah yeah it's another we're, we're home disappointed run. that we didn't get to uh, write any more of them but they they went uh, they stopped using freelancers for the most part they, they went for a straight um the staff written show gotcha uh, okay I they did a, yeah i thought they did a brilliant job all, all those uh all those writers so as a freelancer for batman then what was the writing process like i mean you kind of hinted at it before where you would just be brought in was it like here's a quick pitch and then go write the rest of it 
Um, well, in the case of what is reality, we were pitching ideas. And so um, we, we kind of initiated that. But then after that, for both um, Silicon Soul and for Lockup, it was uh, it was either Marty Pasco or Michael Reeves contacting us. It's like, hey, you want to write another Batman? Wow. <laughs> of course we do. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, we'd set a meeting, and we usually uh, uh, the uh, the meeting for Silicon Soul, I think, was just us and Michael and Alan Burnett, and then I because uh, Paul had come up with the idea for Lockup. Um, when we met on that, it was Alan and, and Paul and Michael who story edited it and, and, and Bob and I. Wow. So, yeah, with Luck Up, um, when I spoke to Bob, he said that was obviously one that he was um, a little more hands-on and it was Travis Bickle inspired, you know, behind the mm -hmm. character and such, which I thought was really cool and didn't know until I chatted with him. But what parts of the episode do you remember working on of that? What were some of the ideas that you brought to the table? Um, well, what was interesting was that that um, that was a point where because I had been the point man on uh, what is reality in Silicon Soul, and Bob had been the point man on the uh, up till that point the three episodes of X Men that um, we co-wrote. We made a conscious decision. It's like Bob's like I want to put my stamp on Batman. Right. I want to put my stamp on X Men. So uh, so Bob did um did lock up and then i did the the x-men savage land savage heart two-parter right um so we each got to kind of you know these flagship shows we each got to say okay at least i have i have one or in my case two um that are you know that that mostly came from me um yeah. so i think that was that was a smart move on on both of our parts so i don't i think i um I, I'm trying to remember with lockup. I, I think I helped figure out the um, you know kind of the how the climax would work with the with the tilted ship and and sort of the logic of that. I think I may have come up with the with the ending um, and the ideas that we never really explain how Batman escapes. The, uh, <laughs> he's just Batman. He just does. It's yeah. just he's Batman. He can do yeah, it. Yeah. I and someday that. he'll tell Robin how he did it. Someday. <laughs> You know, we we imply that that he figured out how to do it, but we didn't bother explaining it. So I, yeah. I think that that may have come from me, but it was um, yeah, it was it was mostly Bob. I think I probably did some some polish on it. I, I don't recall coming up with any specific lines on it. Uh, if he, whatever he credits me for, he's usually pretty accurate. So. Gotcha. I was going to say, it's really cool how you guys collaborated like that and kind of could hop to shows that you were passionate about or, or brands or franchises you were passionate about and get to write and then also not only be in the driver's seat, but be in the editing passenger seat on other ones as well. Whilst you're on Batman, he's an X-Men or vice versa. That's really cool because then you get to kind of explore both worlds at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah, and that was that was sort of like the evolution of our partnership. Is we, you know, we started um, when we were writing Beetlejuice. It was like, well, I'll take Act One, you take Act Two, then we'll swap them, then we'll edit them. Um, and then as we got to be doing more shows at one time, it's like, all right, I'll I'll take this script, you take that script, we'll swap them and re-edit them. Um, and then at, at the it got to the point 
where uh, very late in our partnership, it's like, I'll take this series, you take that series. <laughs> and if you have time, you know, read over my stuff and, and edit it. But if you don't, don't worry about it. Gotcha. Uh, was there any character that you wanted to write for Batman that you didn't get a chance to write for? I don't recall. I mean, the one I really, I mean, I wanted to do another Riddler episode. I okay. never really got, I mean, we wanted to do the episode that essentially woke him up from his, you know, his, his coma or his catatonic state. Um, and I had the germ of, of an idea that was sort of like awakenings with the Riddler where the only thing he would respond to was, was Batman. And, um, you know, it was sort of a Hannibal Lecter situation where there are riddle-like crimes going on, but he can't possibly be perpetrating them oh. because he's in a catatonic state. So, but he's the only one who can maybe figure out who's behind it or how to stop this. Uh, and the only one who seems to be getting any kind of response out of him is Batman. So they keep having these these sessions, and and the the reveal at the end is what the Riddler has been doing has been hypnotizing Batman and planting this post hypnotic suggestion. And Batman has been the one that's been... Uh, wow, I love that. Um, could never quite work out the structure of it. Um, and again, you know, sort of fighting the wall of, of Bruce Tim just not being interested in the Riddler at all. So uh, never really got anybody um, interested enough to say, hey, let's bat it around and figure out this story. Oh, that would have um, been so cool. Always, that was always the, uh, you know, the carrot that Michael Reeves would dangle in front of us. Do you want to do another Batman? We might be able to get your Riddler story. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love how um, much you wanted to do Riddler as well, because even when I asked you, you know, other characters, you're like, I just want to stick with the Riddler. And that, that's really great because, as I said, I think he was underused in this show, being that they created such a new and very, like, charismatic character with John Glover voicing him as well was amazing. Yeah, and he he did a fantastic job, but I felt like you know you, Paul Dini was so associated with the Joker. It's like you, you can't write an episode. You know, once once Paul had the Joker, it was like it would be foolish to try and write a right. Joker episode as as good as Paul Dini. Um, and you know, the Penguin was sort of the villain that you put into the episode where it, the villain could be anybody. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, there was there was only so much you could do with Man Bat. Nobody really quite figured out the Scarecrow, I think, until much, much later. Much later, yeah. I mean, even, even the design of him kept changing. Yes, it, it did, yeah. And they finally got um, it right towards the end. So, yeah, that was that was always... Because uh, the great thing about the Scarecrow is was he, had, he hadn't appeared in any previous incarnation you know in film and television so he was he was um fresh territory but i feel like never quite got a good scarecrow episode maybe, yeah. maybe one of the much much later ones if there is a villain that we you know that we could sort of say take ownership of um that was you know just sort of a practical way of, of, of trying to that's a good approach yeah um, and it was just, the you know, guys. there was there was the need there. There was, you know, this is an iconic villain that they're underusing. So if, you know, if you got these writers who at least we feel we can write them well, um, we thought that might give us more of an in. Um, and it gave us an in. We just never got the uh, opportunity to, to do the Riddler again. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I did love what is reality, and I, I love your idea, and it's it's something that now I want to see because I can see Batman. <laughs> I can see that sort of Silence of the Lambs cell that you described, Hannibal Lecter, you know, and the the whole jail cell situation with Riddler in there, and then the switch at the end. That's really cool. I love that. Never heard that before. That's really cool. Um, do you have any memorabilia from your time working on the show? Um, I I do. I mean, this is audio only, so I mean, I could show you my stuff. I showed. So this three. is this is my brother and I's favorite part of the podcast because I get to see it, and the, listen, <laughs> the listeners don't. So you're, you're, you're basically saying, "Can I tantalize your audience?" Yes. That that can't see. Yeah. Um, yes. Exactly. Sure. Hang on. Okay. Um. I'm going to start with, I'm going to move my computer because it's on the wall. Oh, okay. That's the animation cell. Um, what is reality? Yeah, love that. This standee, set, this came from uh, Fox. You can see the Fox logo. Fox oh, Kids wow. That's, uh, that's a pristine looking cardboard. Yeah, the, the, uh, the ears are a little ratty, but this sat on my, uh, my desk at Fox Kids. Awesome. I love that. That's really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I love this. Um, you've probably seen these. So is that the um, the musical score uh, on vinyl? No, no. This is um, what would you call this? This is a, a press kit. Oh no, I haven't like seen this, these before. No, this was the Warner Brothers put them out, and Fox Kids put them out. So mine is the Fox Kids. Oh, wow. No, I haven't and, seen those. Um, I'm going to angle this down so you can see it because it's really cool. Uh, so you have this nice. Oh, so you got a layout of all the vehicles. And right, it's you got it's a pop-up. Pop Whoa, Batman. that's crazy. We've got Batman popping out. That's, that's yeah, I love that. Yeah, so you got that. that. And wait a minute, wait for it. And then you, you get to the next page. Angle this down to get the full effect. Oh my god, it's the same sort of cardboard cutout that you have as a standee. Yeah, right. And then some wow. images from the God, I mean, so we haven't really talked about the design of this show as well. And just looking at the design of the characters in Gotham, like, you know, as you said, when you first saw that um that test that they did, like, you know, what was going through your guys' head when you saw what these characters looked like, what Gotham looked like, the whole show, you know, what were you what were you thinking? I was thinking, oh my God, they got it right. Right. Okay. Um, I was like, like, what a perfect idea to do Batman in the Max Fleischer Superman style. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. It, it's it, you know, and it's stylized. It looks good in animation. It's fluid. It's everything that uh, you know, a any previous incarnation of the superhero show has not been. Absolutely. So, um, so I, that was it. Was just it, it blew me away, and so yeah, it was. It was and and also just feeling like, wow, I am a privileged insider to have seen this, to know what's coming. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Because uh, it's like this is light years beyond anything that, that that's been on television animation, and still to this day, you know, like there's a reason. Yeah. That this series yeah, well, that, that period, particularly at Warner Brothers in the early 90s, even though Spielberg wasn't involved in Batman, he was infusing uh, obviously a lot of money, yeah. um, you know, uh, high budgets with Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Um, and that really allowed 
And, and Warner Brothers really had to compete with with uh, Disney for for TV eyeballs because they, you know, they had introduced the Disney afternoon. Right. Um, but for some reason, I think with Disney, it always felt like, well, this is a step down. I never watched it as a kid. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of the, I mean, the you know, the storytelling was was very good and the writing was very good. You know, the animation was very good for television, but always felt like a step down for Disney, like a Agreed. sort of like B-grade Disney. Whereas with Warner Brothers, you felt like, well, this is a step up. Yeah. Um, so I, think I mean, that- with Mar- the Marvel animation as well, it was a step up, but it just... It didn't have the same style it didn't have the and fluidity. substance. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and 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 still, I mean, even when I was working for Marvel more recently, you know, as recently as five years ago, um, you know, we kept saying, do a stylized yeah. version of it. And they just it, it they just didn't they never would do it. The only one really that was able to do it at Marvel was uh, Spectacular Spider-Man because it was Sony really pulling the strings at that point. Right, right, um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's unfortunate because I, I did Guardians of the Galaxy and how great would that have been in that stylized, uh, you know, sort of Scotty Young from the, the Rocket Raccoon um, Oh yeah, books, yeah. If you're familiar with them, I am. Yeah, uh, and they just—they just no, no. It's got to be sort of realistic, and it's got to you know match with the with the features. And... It's it's such a shame that they're. I, it's a missed. It's a missed opportunity. Yeah, um, because make it your own. Like make it something that's going to stand. Even though you may watch the Guardians movies or any of the other Marvel movies, like kids aren't dumb. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, okay, yeah. that's Guardians, but just because they look different than the, the live action doesn't mean that there's a disconnect. It's going to be like, yeah. that's that's another version I, that I love. Again, they, they have their reasons. I don't quite understand them. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, and I think some of it was that, you know, we have all these other shows and we want them to feel like they're all part of the same universe. And they really weren't. But. No. No. It was decisions made much higher up the food chain than yeah. I was. So you know, but I mean, it's uh, it's interesting because you've got so many different Batman movies that all look different, with even yeah. different Batman in them. But then you've got a cartoon equally that was different when it started. It looked different from the Tim Burton movies, but created a whole DC animated universe, right? Like you had Batman, then you had yeah. Superman, and then you had Justice League and Batman Justice Beyond. Justice League and Justice yeah. League Unlimited. Yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. And even the Zeta project, you know what I mean? And static. Well, Shock. and it, it helped that, you know, ultimately the, the glue that holds all of them together is Bruce Tim, where, yeah. you know, it kept that consistent vision. Um, so I think a lot of that just had to do with Bruce's passion for it and Warner Brothers' willingness to continue to support him and, and you know, keep him employed. Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like he's going to do it again, possibly. There's a new Kate Crusader show coming out. So, I mean, obviously, we all got to wait and see what what's happening with that. But, um, yeah, maybe they're, they're finally going to go back to creating a sort of stylized look that, gives birth to a whole other series of cartoons or even just one good series about a character instead of trying to make them all look samesy because then they're hard to tell apart and then you don't know the good ones from the bad, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you have to remember that if you're, if you're going to do it in animation, it's, it's a visual medium and, and you know, you, you have the, um, 
the, the leeway to make it stylized. And the more stylized you get, the more fluid it's going to look. Right. Um, that the closer you hew to the comic book look or the toy look, it's, you know, it's going to look stiff. And it's yeah. just going to feel lesser than um, as opposed to, you know, becoming this this other thing that is that is wholly itself. Yeah. And all the other things like toys can follow once you create the thing, you know, people yeah. can make a toy out of anything, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the greatest example was a, a, a show that I did Transformers Animated. Right. Where we, you know, we took the approach of you know, let's do Transformers as if it were just a cartoon. Um, Interesting. And, okay. you know, the um, the whole design of the, you know, the the, uh, the design ethos of the show was, you know, sort of leaning more toward Hanna-Barbera, you know, and that, that kind of, you know, not quite squash and stretch, but definitely stylized. And miraculously, they were able to make the toys look like, the uh the animated figures so it's it can awesome. be done it can be yeah. done yeah absolutely well that's great to hear i'm glad because uh, i mean i'm not watching a lot of new cartoons obviously i'm i'm sticking with the ones that i was a kid hell i even do a podcast about one you know so uh that's good that they're still trying in some areas at least um okay so can you share what you're working on now you, you mentioned a bunch of things you've just worked on or have worked on over the last few years is there anything you're working on now that you can share, or is that all hush hush? Um, no, I mean, I mean, the most recent thing that I've done is uh, Octonauts Above and Beyond, which is uh, on Netflix. You can watch it now, and there's uh, uh, there's still two more seasons coming. Okay, uh, I have no idea when or where, uh, <laughs> but that's uh, uh, that's that's my most recent project. Um, currently, mostly doing some freelance scripts for different shows and, and developing uh, a few projects, but uh, um, nothing currently in production. Cool. All right. Well, I want to see your Rid Lost Riddler episode, so I'm in the champion for that. <laughs> well, I yeah, you get, get uh, DC or we'll, we'll do it as a, uh, an audio drama. Um, all right, Marty. Well, it's been a pleasure to speak to you, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, same here. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I've learned quite a lot today and lots of stuff that I'm going to tell Will afterwards and he's going to go, ah, shit, I wish I was on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. Well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? All right, we hope you all enjoyed that interview. But I just want to talk about what Marty said about the, the Riddler right off the bat. Like, he really cared for that character, and I think that's... That's one of the main reasons that that character even existed in Batman the Animated Series, because as he said, Bruce Timm never even cared for the Riddler, didn't think he was a yeah. cool character. And I I really only like the Riddler in Batman the Animated Series. There's been obviously a few comics that I've liked with him, but they're all post uh, this character being in the show. So yes. I'm really happy about that. I just think he's, his, his interpretation of this character is the best. It really is. Like the suits, like the, like the cockiness, like... Just everything about him is like, yeah, it's the best from the show. Absolutely. And it's, I'm kind of glad this didn't happen, but it's interesting that his original take on the Riddler, Marty's original take, was a super genius like teenager and a punk. And Yeah, but then you think like they kind of tried to do that in the new uh, yeah. Superman and Batman movies, right? With Lex Luthor and 
a lot of people hate well, it. And that also Batman. the new the Batman with uh, the Riddler being like a Zodiac and he was like a teenager and like a punk and a super genius. Yeah. You know? uh, so that was it's it's kind of like all good ideas eventually get made. I thought that was interesting. Um, so I really liked how he told the story about how his Silicon soul, like how the story came about, because in the two part of Heart of Steel, they had that fight scene with Batman and the Batman robot in the script, but it was scrapped due to time. And uh, I love that Kevin Ortieri, the director, was like, you can't have a Batman robot and not have Batman fight the Batman robot. So they're like, all right, fine, we'll make another episode. And that's how Marty and Robert got the, his silicon soul and how that story all came about. And I think that's a really cool way of doing it. Much rather yeah. see it in an episode than like just condensed into a fight scene. Like that episode yeah. is one of my favorites. All right, we're going on to our only game of the day, which is Ace the Bat Sound. <laughs> This is a game that we play with you, the listener. Each week, I'll play a brief music clip from the show, and you have to guess who the character is or the title of the episode that the music belongs to. The answer to each clip will be revealed in the following episode. So last week, we had this music clip. And if you still don't know, here's a clue of a voice clip from that episode. It's obvious our cape friend suffered some crime-related trauma when he was younger. Perhaps an over-anxious mugger blew off a piece of his face. Sure, he could be all gross and disgusting under that mask. Uh, no offense, Harv. Just deal. Well, you know what I think? Not the robot theory again. Well, he could be. Hello, boys. Get me an herbal tea and deal me in. All right, here's the answer. If you don't know it, it's probably the jazziest score of them all. I love it so much, next to Scarface at least, is the episode Almost Got Him, which is obviously everybody's favorite, or at least a majority of people that love this show love the episode Almost Got Him. Do you like the music from that show, bud? Yeah, but I love it, obviously. All right, guys, here's the musical clip for next week's episode. What a clue. <laughs> You'll have to name the character that that music belongs to. So good luck. You'll have until next episode to guess. Okay. Our second to last category of the day is You've Got Mail. Oh, by the way, this came for you an hour ago by Messenger. You've Got Mail. 
Thank you, Alfred. This is a segment where you, the listener, can write in. You can email us. You can comment on YouTube. You can comment on socials. I gather all your comments, and we talk about them on here. So thank you to everybody that's commented or written in. Super appreciate it. First of all, we got Spitfire on Apple Podcasts, who gave us an amazing five-star review and just simply said, amazing podcast. Thank you so much, Spitfire. Greatly appreciate that. I wonder if that was our dad secretly because he loves Spitfires and imagine he was like secretly writing in. He I doesn't know the fuck to do any of that shit. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't know though that he has free Apple TV because of me. So <laughs> let alone re- like do a review. True. Then we got Patrick Sullivan on YouTube who said great content and really enjoy it all. Thank you so much, Patrick. Then we got House of Game on YouTube who said I found my new binge podcast to keep me going for the summer. Thanks so much. Hope you enjoy all of those episodes. Can you imagine binging us? I couldn't binge us. You know what I mean? Like, I get, I'm glad that people do, but like, I don't know. Binging us? When I, I, when I listen to podcasts, I, I only just do it to show my wife the Kate Caper scenarios and then a few little like things where we're talking about our personal lives that are funny and shit. So yeah, things that she'll care about and not like. Yeah, but when it's like, let's talk about Batman and Series, she's like, I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that people do. So and then we've got Landon Peterman on YouTube who says, I love you guys. You are killing it. Thank you so much, Landon. Then we got Chaotic Artist on YouTube who says, Underrated. You guys are so funny. Thank you so much. And then finally, we've got Don Mafalda who emailed us. He said, Love the pod. Been listening since day one. And you guys are bringing all the BTAS love and laughs. Question for you guys. If you could take one story from the comics and see it in Batman the Animated Series format, which story would it be and why? Cool question. I like that a lot. Um... There's been obviously stuff that's been done in the recent comics, like uh, Court of Owls has been done by Paul Dini and Alan Burnett, which I thought was really cool. It has. Not saying that you can't say that. That could be your answer, and you can have your own version. No, of it. I, look, I love Court of Owls, but um, I my favorite Batman story of all time is The Long Halloween, and can't really do that in the, the show. And then my second is Dark Knight. Uh, returns and they've kind of already done that why can't you do um, long halloween well it's about the origin of two Face, isn't it oh yeah true i guess you could have that yeah and his wife and and all this stuff like, but i love like... the idea of the killer the hangman killer being in it or calendar. the holiday killer holiday killer sorry yeah that's the name of that that killer um i mean yeah i think you could tweak it or you could have it like it's in he said in the style of betas not like you have to fit it in canon so maybe seeing the Long Halloween and Beta's style well, would be really cool. A random story I really like from the Batman universe, which is actually kind of recent, is something that Kevin Smith actually wrote where he explains that the armor on his chest is the smelted down gun, gun. that killed his family. Awesome. And that would be cool in the show because that was such like a t- that was an out of nowhere mini story where I was like, boom, that's canon forever in Batman. Love that. Yeah, you know? yeah I love that. And as Randy Rogel told us um, after we interviewed him, that there was that lost gun story that never got made. So that would be really cool as a way to like combine that with the Kevin yeah. Smith one. Yeah, I love that. Good good answer, bud. Mine, I think I would really love to see Nightfall. I thought Nightfall would be amazing because you've got all of the Gotham villains escaping from Arkham and Batman basically being put through the ringer trying to stop them all, exhausted one after the other, just like trying to stop Gotham from going into chaos and Bane is just watching him the entire time and then he comes in and he breaks his back and I would love to see like Azrael take over because we've seen the toy of Azrael like they've 
redesign that. I think he was even in the comics, maybe. But I would love to see a proper Nightfall story. I think that would be awesome to see in Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, sorry, it's not as good as your answer. <laughs> it's like, I've done, you know, we've all done, we've no Nightfall, right? We've seen it. Yeah, but I, I haven't seen it in betas, and I want to see it in betas. Don't shit on my answer, that's my answer! God, I'm sorry I can please you. Uh, you must please me with your answer. <laughs> oh God, I failed, I'm going to go back and no, think of Consider me unpleased. <laughs> All right, and our final category of the day is what are you putting in your holes? Buddy, what's going in your holes recently? Well, like what's coming out of them? It's, and it's nothing but sweat, baby. Jesus <laughs> oh, Christ, God. I am melting here. I apologize if this, I've not been very good at this podcast, but I, I think I'm dying. <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> dying of heat stroke in this room. Um, let's see, what have I been doing? Not much. Watching the NBA finals, I've been doing that. Nice. Okay, you've not watched any movies or anything like that, just NBA all the way? I'm watching a show called From, which is a horror show, which is kind of like a bit lost, uh, but also like a bit vampire-y and a bit ghost, and it's good, and I like it because it's just a big mystery of what's going on in this spooky town, and like that's just a bit of fun, easy watching. Um, I watched all of that uh, love and... Love and death what it was it called yeah yeah love and death yeah wasn't impressed it was i was like i've seen this story a million times on true crime reality tv like this is nothing new to me i thought that some of the acting's great in it and like you know it's it's well produced well made it's hbo but i got nothing at the end of it i was like well really? I pretty much saw this whole story coming like do we need this i don't think so oh i i, I really enjoyed it i i mean i think it's it's the first of its kind of the you know the woman is exonerated for basically murdering someone because of how it was described and it could have easily gone the other way and she could have been imprisoned no, and but that then was what the was, of... but it, there's no way it could have gone the other way because then there would have been no point to the show because that happens all the fucking time i knew when the show started that she's going to get away with it like oh why really else, why else would we have this as a show and a trial so that they go she's guilty and then it ends and it's like she's been locked up three years but like that's even that would be the worst ending possible so it could only be that ending okay well i didn't i thought the lawyer was that. the most interesting character and i liked his he arc. was so um, good he was so i yeah. love he's him. good in it he's good in everything he's good in ozark what else is he in he was in um the terrible uh iron uh fist show as the cokehead guy oh uh, i don't remember i don't remember that show guy. at all that that show has been erased from my brain I had no he memory. Brought, he brought acting chops to that show. He's like friends with Danny and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, he, he's really, really good in Ozark. Uh, one of the best characters in that show, even though that show ended terribly. Um, and uh, he's really good in this. So I think he's one of those people where you're like, that guy's he's got the chops. I, I like the cut of his jib. Yeah, we both really liked him. I was like, look, I don't, I don't find men attractive, but I was like, this dude, he can get it. I even said that to my <laughs> girlfriend. I was like, this dude's got it going on. I loved his whole character, his vibe. Awesome. Um, so I watched the film Blackberry, or Blackberry, the uh, film about the creation, the rise and fall of the Blackberry phone. Really enjoyed it. Really loved like a rise and fall story. I think it was shot really well, acted really well. So that was a really good watch. Um, I went to go see Across the Spider-Verse. I've seen oh, yeah. the latest, and I fucking loved it. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it'd be your cup of tea at the end of the day. It was a bit too long. I was like, it doesn't need to be two 
hours and like 25 minutes like that's too long but it was the animation is a triumph in itself like the depiction of the different universes and how they animate people in that in those films is just incredible um i think the voice acting is amazing the story was a little predictable at points but also at the same time not the typical like there's a sky beam in the sky and the world's ending we must stop it as superheroes like i really appreciated them going a different route so I thought it was excellent, and I kind of want to see it again. And um, yeah, it, I'll watch. It, I'll watch it at some point. I mean, I like the first one. I, I so much so that I bought it. So yeah, I, yeah. I do like the first one. Um, it's you know beautiful animation, beautiful art style. Um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, John Mulaney is fucking Spider Ham is like such a home run casting choice to me. Like whoever thought about that just did a great job. Is he in the it. second one? Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it for people. You know what I mean? Right. They haven't seen it. Um, but I'll just I'll I'll shake my head or nod my head to your question. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I will not react to what. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and we have obviously we've not talked about it. We don't have to talk about it in length because it's been a while now, and so many people explored it online. We talked about it off pod, but Barry and Succession both ended. We watched those finales pretty much on the, the day that they dropped. And they, I, I mean, I got to say, they ended, like, better than I could have expected for being both very good shows. I was so happy with the ending for both of those shows. Yeah. I wasn't let down at all. I thought they were great. Yeah, I, I'm a bit let down by season four of Succession. I actually don't think they should have killed off... Well, Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you haven't watched Succession, I'm about to say some big time spoilers. You've probably been had it spoiled already anyway. About to spoil it. Run, click the pause. Three, two, one. Logan Roy is dead! <laughs> you missed it. You were too late. I, I think that killing him off when they did was actually, in hindsight, a bad idea because at first it was shocking great TV, right? It was like, yeah. oh my God, what is going on? But, you know, longevity wise, was that the right choice? Because for a week to week watch, yes, that was astounding. But for someone who, like, has already watched seasons one to three of Succession a good 10 times, like, Every time I get to that episode, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Like, I have to get through this. Like, I, I really liked it because... Uh, I just me, think there was more to be done there. I think he, I think Jesse Armstrong got a bit, like, nervous that he created something amazing and had to back the fuck out of it, which I totally understand and respect. And I do like the way the show ends. Don't get me wrong. I really do like it um, because it, it really plays into it being a tragedy, which is what it should be. Mm. Um, I just feel like I just want, I'm, I, you know what? I just want more. That's all I do. I exactly. Right. Succession. Like I feel like that, that Logan would never have been able to have anyone succeed him while still alive. So taking him out. I'm, of the and I'm not made, looking for that. Either. Yeah, I know. But I feel like to get to the end, they had to do something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it made sense. And Barry, and Barry was like a, a, a home run ending. Like so good. Oh, so good. Really funny. Really. I like like the words that he says to it as well. Uh, he's like, oh, what does he yeah. say? Oh, I can't remember. But what, right before, again, yeah. spoilers, right before he gets shot in the head. Um, and it Some ends. of them are like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. But Bill Hader is just, yeah, his whole career is open now to make whatever the fuck he wants. And I can't wait to see what it is because I've always found him to be one of the funniest comedians, especially one of the best cast members of Saturday Night Live. Uh, 
Uh, he's his amazing. impressions are amazing. Yeah, his impressions are. That's what I was about to say. He's an amazing uh, impressionist. But I've been watching a lot of just people interviewing him recently and him taking deep dives and talking. Me too. And he's a huge cinephile. And like, yeah. he does the same shit I do. He likes watching old black and white movies that no one gives two shits about. <laughs> and like, talks to people like, have you seen this movie, The Killing? Like, from 1936? And people are like, no, I haven't seen The Killing from 1936. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I appreciate that. And I think, yeah, he directed uh, and wrote all those that last season. And it was one of the best seasons of the show. So props to him. And I'm looking forward to more. Me too. Yep, absolutely. So I miss those shows. There's a big hole in trying to like yeah. make up for watching something. Hey, we got a new Walking Dead show, but coming, but I know you're dying to watch that. Dead City, right? Maggie and Negan New York City. Don't fucking care. But if that's your don't thing, care. no, go for it. But I don't give a shit about that. Zombies are my thing. Walking yeah, Dead is so my thing when it, it comes to comics. Uh, the show is amazing when it was amazing, but yes, it did. The opposite of succession where it just went on for too long and the corporate greed of studios came in and just took a big shit all over creativity and the budget and wiped their bottom with the scripts. You might say decayed like a zombie corpse. Am I right? I'd say far more rapidly than that. <laughs> Milk in this hot sun. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, by the time this episode has come out, I will have seen The Flash as The Flash comes out. Now, I'm only super excited to see this film because of Michael Keaton. I won't lie. And I'm going to go gonna see come it. You're going to come out and be like, that's the best movie I've ever seen! Oh my God! <laughs> I'm probably going to like it because I'm very excited to see Keaton come back. I'm excited to see I if love there's a continuation of that world. I love when you just seen something and like you always must be like, what's your part? That was like the best thing I've ever seen ever. Like it was the top best thing, and I love it so much. That's like my, one of my favorite versions of you because it's so fun to play with that version <laughs> of you. Like, wow, really? It's that good, huh? Yeah, it's really good. It's honestly, it's iconic. Well, that's Batman why Superman, I, best I, movie hey, ever. I held a lot back with Across the Spider Verse because when I came out, I was like, I know you're sitting there right now, going, "That's the best Spider Man movie I've ever seen." I mm, I don't think it's as good as now I've I have to sit on a movie for a while because when you I do, came like out a of year, it like a year <laughs> when I came out of it I was like I love that that was so fucking good and it it is a good film I can see you just doing a heel turn and going right back into the theater like, <laughs> I don't think it's as good as Into the Spider Verse that beats it out but I've seen that movie so many times and it became like just a, a, a classic for me as like. Oh, I, I get it now because I didn't what like the movie Far when from I first saw home it. Or what, what's the one where he's with all the Spider Men? No Way Home. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. But I gotta say, I like the, the style and the. What about Sam Raimi's Spider Man One? Nah, it's not a nostalgic good, classic. Yeah, but none of those are to me are as good as Into the Spider Verse. And Across the Spider Verse is a very good sequel but I don't think it's as good as the first one. They don't personally. play Across the Universe by fucking John Lennon, do they? No, movie? no, they don't. Thank fuck. <laughs> and if they did, it would probably be some like new age artist singing it, adding way more like, okay. Oh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. Is people taking popular songs. Yeah, popular artists taking classic songs and just having a big fat poo all over them <laughs> in a selfish way where it's like look at my vocal range oh my god i'm getting hot i need to stop <laughs> well i would have seen the flash and since 
Uh, Will is not going to go see it and will eventually see it, but um, I'm going to want to talk about it. So what we've decided to do is there is another podcast that exists out there called Watching Films in the Toilet. And one of the hosts of that podcast, whose name is Ben, is going to come on to this show and be the guy that I watch Batman movies with because Will loves talking about Batman the Animated Series and doing this show. But there's other things around Batman the Animated Series when it came out before the show or came out during. Batman movies like Batman 89, Returns, Forever, Batman and Robin. So Ben's going to be my go-to Batman movie review guy. So there will be extra episodes sometimes, bonus episodes, if you will, where we're going to have those come out. So maybe when Will's having to meet too many deadlines, there may be a Batman movie review with me and Ben. Or maybe there'll be one where it's like, this movie's coming out, so we're going to review it. And also you're going to get a regular episode every Thursday as well from me and Will. I like like I, you haven't even really talked to me about this. You're like, just let you know, but I'm kicking off a few episodes, and I'm sitting here like not offended and totally fine by it. Like I yep. thought I did tell you about everything. I think you vaguely did, but yeah. just the way you're telling it to me now, I feel like, oh, is that what's happening then? Is it? Yeah, motherfucker. But, I, but in the back of my head, I'm like, us. oh, thank God, I don't have to do any of that. <laughs> yeah. So when you're like, but I'm fucking swamped with work and stuff. Can we maybe skip swamp a week? Swamp pass right now. Jesus fucking Christ, it's hot. <laughs> and that's not to say that Ben won't be able to meet your, like, when you're working. Ben might be busy as well. But anyway, guys, look out for that because we're going to start the movie review of all the Batmans that we're going to go through with The Flash. So me and Ben are both going to go see it and we'll talk about it. So there'll be an extra episode coming out soon about that. All right, since we're both melting like Mr. Freeze on a hot day, shall we end this episode? Yes, I'm going right into my fat Todd tub. <laughs> no explanation of why. Oh, I love that. Okay, well, that's all the time we've got for this week. Join us next time, where we'll continue talking all things Batman, the animated series. Until then, I've been Alex Robson. I've been Will Robson. And remember that we are vengeance. We are the night. We are a podcast. Goodbye. Doodles. <laughs> Naked podcast activate. Should we get a pants off too, bud? <laughs> I don't think my chair could take it's it. It's currently so hot, we are both shirtless. It's a good thing this is audio only. That's right. It looks like we're doing a nude podcast. It's pretty funny, <laughs> yeah, actually. It's really weird. <laughs> God, you're so, you look pretty hairless up there. I guess because I'm so fucking hairy. Do you have a hairy chest? Yeah, I've got a hairy chest. Look. This yeah, just... you do. I think it's because you have lighter hair. That's why. Just so buff, bro. My head just pops out. <laughs> just leaves my body. It's like, oh, I'm so buff. Especially on the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's retracted and gone right to the chest. Oh, it's too hot. Yeah, I like. I got a swimming pool now. Well, not a swimming pool. It's 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 a big tub, and the side of the tub is like a big belly. Me and my wife are called ours Fat Todd. That's the name of our swimming pool. <laughs> Um, and well, I'm not going to explain it. No, no, don't explain it because I'll get in trouble. Just, it's called Fat Todd. That's the name of our swimming pool for no reason. Um, and yeah, honestly, you can slap the side of it and it jiggles like a big belly, like Jabba the Heart or something like that. It's very funny. And yeah, I've just been soaking in it because it's so fucking hot. There's a heat wave in England. It's 28 degrees out. There was a thunderstorm in the middle of the night last night, and the dog was howling away. Oh, my God. I'm dripping with sweat. It was going to thunderstorm here, and it never did. It was, like, teasing the entire time, and then it never did. And I really wanted, like, 
because yesterday was the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. Mm. That's why I watched it. And I was like, please, Thunderstorm. This would be amazing. Oh, it did It did for me. In the middle of that, I got crack a car, crack a and a T-Rex came past my window. <laughs> crack a car, crack a Your test. I love that. Do you want to explain where that came from? What, crack a car, crack a Yeah. Um, I, I have a fun thing that um, everybody translates like the sound of thunder and lightning differently. Um, and it's it's a very funny game to play where you just ask somebody, uh, tell me the sound of thunder and lightning. And mine is always, you know, it's like the onomatopoeia of it, like in a comic. Mine is crack-a-car, crack-a-doo. <laughs> and I don't know why it is. I think it's from Batman the Animated Series, actually, like with the in the intro and when it, the lightning cracks, it goes like crack-a-car. Oh, that's true. It does, Batman. yeah. And then I just add the crack-a-doo. It's like the thunder, like, <laughs> responding to it. And I've actually put that in my new book, Outbreaks, when the lightning strikes. I have it go, crack-a-doo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't notice and, that. That's cool. And what is, and what, how do you say lightning and thunder, uh, bud? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Which Do- is Daffy Duck yeah. about to come. <laughs> well, Donald Duck. Daffy doesn't. Oh, Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do a Donald Duck. Can you? Donald Duck? I think I'm used to it. I'm not even going to try. No, it just sounds like I have like fucking throat How do you even go? It's like, ah, that for, oh, for this stupid voice like that? No, that's I'm Gollum. I'm I've got to say, I'm shirtless and I'm trying to do <laughs> Donald Duck impersonation. <laughs> All right, well, um, let's get the show on the road then, shall we? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 